And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. Yeah, great question. You are the power. And you do not need anybody's permission. Great question. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. That is literally a brilliant question. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Out of Limits of the Truth Radio Show. Outoflimitsradio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. We welcome back to the program a returning guest, a best-selling author, and Hall of Fame professional wrestler, this is another individual who I consider to be a great teacher, one that I've sought out, one that I had the honor of not only interviewing, but also the honor of becoming their publicist for a brief period of time. They are going to teach us about optimal health. But before we begin tonight's program, I got a less than stellar report today from the doctor. Doctor walked in. It's like, you know, your blood pressure is high. Of course, my response was, well, geez, I, uh, I guess that's why my blood pressure was ordering all those pizzas and uh, watching The Wizard of Oz with Dark Side of the Moon, Pink Floyd playing. Ah. <laughs> Obviously, he didn't get my sense of humor. Not by a long shot. He went over his, completely over his head. The doctor proceeds to start telling me, well, you know what that means? No more uh, smoking. No more red meat. No more stressing out about your favorite sports teams. you got to look good now. Response was, well, Doc, I don't smoke. I'm vegan. I don't stress about sports teams. So he was a deer in the headlights. He, I think I just basically fried his circuits. But uh, going forward, what I'm going to have to do, apparently I'm going to have to start relaxing a lot more. And I may actually have... Zeus and Gaia on the program. If you don't know who Zeus and Gaia are, they are my two beloved puppies, and they are the Bruce Lee of relaxing. They can relax anywhere. They lay in the sun. I mean, they basically have an amazing life, and I wish I had the life that they had, but they know how to relax, and they may come on our show. We we may not understand exactly what they're saying, but just assume that it's brilliant wisdom. But (laughs) going back to our featured guest, our featured guest is somebody who has taken people from very dark places in their lives, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and he's worked with them, and he's inspired them to demand more of themselves. He's this radiating sun, so motivation, so motivating, and I think he's doing so much good in our world, and it is a great honor to have him back on our show. Let us begin. Welcome back to the program is Diamond Dallas Page. He is a WWE Hall of Famer. If you're not familiar with the WWE, that is professional wrestling. He's a fitness guru, and he's also a best-selling author. Dallas's new book is called Positively Unstoppable, The Art of Owning It. Released only a few days ago, it has a ton of positive reviews and people are going crazy about it. To learn more about Diamond Dallas Page, Page, please go to his website, at DiamondDallasPage.com. Mr. Page, it is a great honor to have you with us today. Thank you for returning to our program. Ah, good to be here, my friend. 
Excellent. And uh, to let everyone know, right at the top of the show, that Dallas's work is so respected that the NFL Alumni Association has just done a great deal with DDPY, DDP Yoga. They're going to be working with you and working with some of their athletes. I think that's terrific. So your book, The Art of Owning It, Owning It, what is the number one reason why you believe that people succeed or fail at trying to go after their goals? Well, in Positively Unstoppable, The Art of Owning It, I, you know, I, I go into great detail, Positively Unstoppable. Um, yeah, but it's really like, it's the whole title, even though it's supposed to be like the subtitle, The Art of Owning It. I, I believe that a lot of people, you know, the reason why they don't go believe in um, go after their goals is because they don't believe in themselves, you know, and they don't believe they can do it. That's why I started out this book with the first two lines being, if you knew your success was guaranteed, what would you do? In other words, if you knew you couldn't fail, like if you started, I don't care if it's a diet, uh, a workout regimen, set a goal for yourself in your personal life with your family. Uh, if you, if you set up something, uh, you know, in your business world, you know, where you're going to set goals to be the president of the company or whatever, whatever it is, start your own business. A lot of people don't do, they don't set goals because they, you know, afraid they're going to fail. And it's, it's really amazing to me. Like I've had a lot of people, get my DDP yoga program. You know, it's a, they've gotten, you know, the DVDs, they've gotten the complete system. They, they, they've gotten the app and, and they told me, I got your program. I'm like, awesome. How's it working? Well, I haven't started it yet. <laughs> I'm like, what? You know, well, I'm afraid fail. What if it, you know, what if it, you know, it, it doesn't work. I go, if you work, the program works and the book positively unstoppable really addresses so many of the issues that people have, you know, in, in a day-to-day conversation with themselves. And what I've, you know, really wanted to create, I wanted to create kind of like um, a workbook that, you know, could be super inspirational to people and they could see that not just different things and adversities I've had in my life, but other people that I've worked with. And when the, the examples that I use of so many of the people are people that had such success in my program only because that's what I deal with on a day-to-day basis. And like the disabled veteran, Arthur Borman, like that video, probably has it, you know, if you take all the different people that took it and put it on their Facebook channel, you know, from the gold coast to the, the other, um, the Bible thing, they, all the different Facebook people that had these huge followings and put Arthur's video up there, probably got a half a billion views. And when I started working with Arthur, you know, five foot six, 297 pounds, literally had not walked in, you know, walked without the aid of his knee braces, his back brace, and his wraparound canes. You know, his wife, Vicky, every morning, 20 minutes, would take her to put on his braces and, and his, his sleeves and his straps and then grab his wraparound canes and walk. She would try to, you know, gimp around the house. And the bottom line is, is that when I first started working with him, I explained to him as important as the DDPY program was, 
as important as the eating plan was, it was 10% of the equation. The 90% was between his ears. Like, what was that inner voice? What is that constant conversation you have with yourself? And I try to get people throughout the entire book, I try to get them to reboot their brain and start over and start feeding their 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 subconscious and their conscious with you know believability it's like it's it gives them a whole different level of self-confidence when it comes to believability i guess some people may have had an event or trauma earlier in their life that is overriding whatever they want to believe consciously speaking so how does someone affirm in the present moment the fact that they are a winner, that they are deserving, even though they may have a recurring trauma that may have happened earlier in their life. And also, in the same token, in the course of your wrestling career, which you started at 35 and got inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, which is incredible, did you have experiences as a professional wrestler that were very negative? Oh, my that God. You had to over, <laughs> yeah, that you had to overcome. <laughs> Memories and traumas that had that you had to overcome to stay on track to get to where you were. You know, uh, let's just start with my, you know, the personal tragedies that people have in their lives. If you live in the past, you live in that story you tell yourself of how bad your life was growing up. You know, by, by the time I was three years old, my mom was married, divorced, and had three kids. She was 19. You know, when my parents split up, my brother and sister went to live with my mother, who in turn had my grandmother raise them because she had to move up north to try to support that side of the family. Me, I went to live with my dad. You know, the bottom line is my dad couldn't even spell the word father back then, let alone be one. So I had to bounce around like one pinball to you know, one home to another. When I was eight years old, my dad finally brought me to live with my grandmother. Like... That was the last time I saw my dad when he was sober for the next 10 years. I only saw him like three times. Like you can wallow in that voice. Like my father, <laughs> to this day, he's 83. He will still at some point complain about his mother. He's had like the worst life. Like, I, you know, and you, there's certain people that get stuck in that rut and they won't change it. Like watching my dad do so many different things that I thought, well, I'm never going to do that. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not going to live my life like that. And, you know, there's certain people that will carry that bitterness and it ruins them. It, it, it holds them back. Like, you know, you can... You know, when something comes down to your family, there's a lot of times you can't help them mentally because they're so stubborn and they're, they're, they're so set in the way of how you grew up together. Like, not even by setting example. Now, there are people like my sister who's risen to every challenge she's ever faced and incredibly successful. My brother, not so much. You know, and you, when you can't, talk to somebody when that that conversation that they have with themselves is just stuck on and I'm just going to use the word stuck on stupid because you know, I just think like, that's a cliche but so many people like they want to stay there like they want to hold on to their grief they want to be the victim because that's where they feel comfortable 
where to get out of that rut and they don't really believe in themselves. And what if I fail again? Like, again, I get rid of all of that. Like I could have lived that same life, but I refused to. And I didn't like turn around one day and I was like this guy, Diamond Dallas Page or DDP or Dallas Page, whatever you want to call me. Like I heard Tony Robbins say one time, I created Tony Robbins. This isn't who I was when I was born. This isn't how I was raised up. You know, if I, if, if he would have been raised to the person, you know, that, that was his environment, he would have never been who he is today, but he rose above it. And again, that story that that guy tells himself, it's like at a whole different level. You know, I'm trying to relate to the regular people, like people who are just trying to get out of their own way. Like people who are, you know, like Vance Hines is one of my latest stories. Went viral. He's got like 24 million views on his video. And he had already started the shift. And he was you know, 52 years old, district attorney, very respected in his community, 475 pounds. He made a shift because he saw something that Burt Kreischer did. Uh, a guy who loves, you know, has a cocktail, not in the greatest shape. And every month on Joe Rogan's show, him and Bert and their other two guys, they do Sober October. And they all get sober for the month. No drinks, don't smoke pot, nothing. And Bert said he was going to run a half a marathon two weeks in, and they all burst out laughing. And then Bert, with two weeks to train, ran that half a marathon. Now, he didn't run it like some Olympic runner, but he did it. And it inspired Vance. And I came into Vance about four weeks in, and he was down about 12 pounds or so. And I just reached out to him because I saw him videoing everything he was doing with his shirt off, weighing himself in. Like, that takes guts. And Dallas, I just want to remind but our audience also, about... Sorry, go right, It takes a different level of you know, accountability. And that's, again, what Positively Unstoppable is about. Take accountability for what you really want to achieve. And then I show you how to do it. I just want to remind our audience that Dallas has this fantastic app called DDPY. I've had it and I've used it. And believe me, I've lost at least one and a half chins on it. And it's fantastic. And one of the things that's interesting about it is that you get updates on a daily basis. You have suggestions on what to eat, when to work out, when to do certain things. And I love the fact that you work with these people. Like you take on their energy and you kind of guide them through, like you become their inner voice. And if you haven't seen this fantastic documentary called The Resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts, highly recommend you watch it because it shows you how Dallas's motivation and how inspirational he is to not only other people, but to WWE Hall of Famer like Jake Roberts and Scott Hall. And just coming back to your wrestling career a little bit, you've had some incredible matches with individuals such as Booker T, Chris Jericho. My understanding is that when you are wrestling with someone, you are telling a story. You are have some people you'll have really good chemistry with. Well, looking at that idea and parlaying it into when you're working on yourself, when you're trying to rebuild yourself, should you develop a chemistry within yourself? Should you be able to start to tell the story about how your life is going to unfold? Is that part of the heart for which Positively Unstoppable is based upon? 
I think uh, it's, you know, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. It's, it's, it's setting goals. And then I, the best example could be uh, when you said, how were you, like, what adversities did you come over when you first started wrestling? I started wrestling at 35 and a half. I'd been in the business for three and a half years, but didn't make any money. You know, I finally got the World Championship Wrestling, which was owned by Ted Turner on TBS every six o on Saturday at six o five, and Sunday morning at nine o'clock. Um, and I, I got to the show, but I was actually a manager, someone who talked for the guys, like a character. And they wouldn't let me do it after about four months uh, because. You know, between my look and the hair, my long hair and the crazy clothes and my rap and the, the diamond dolls, I was kind of <laughs> too over the top for, for professional wrestling as a manager. But I, I, I never got into the all of professional wrestling to be a manager. Originally, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a wrestler. So I had seven months left of my contract. I went down to a place called the power plant and learned how to wrestle. And I mean, everybody laughed at me. They thought I was crazy. You know, they said it couldn't be done. But four months later, I was wrestling on TV. I started to get a little bit of groundwork, started to get a little bit of momentum. And then nine months in, I tore my rotator cuff and they let me go. You know, so adversity, I know all about it. You know, my whole life has been facing one adversity after another. And I think, you know, when people tell someone they can't do something, you know, a lot of people go, well, yeah, I, I can't do that. They've already, they've already told themselves they can't do something before it even gets to them. Like they're telling it to themselves. And I always say, if you say you can, or you say you can't, you're right. Henry Ford said that, you know, but, but what the hell did he ever do? You know, the guy changed the world on a huge level. And the word, I, you know, I can't. If you have to say that, you know, it's, again, this is about reprogramming your mind. Like, I can't do it yet. <laughs> Add those three words to it. You know, that three letter word yet, you know, makes it possible. You know, I'm working on it. I'm going to do it. I'm working to get there. Like, again, that's a story as opposed to I can't. You're right. You know, so, you know, I've given a, a so many different examples. You know, my, my favorite example, and I'm, I'm going about to do a speech on it, and it's going to wrap around. The payoff will be, you know, a quote that I found, and it was so powerful to me. And I really realized that when I looked at this person's life who said the quote, he summed it up in a nutshell. So here's the quote, and I don't. If you've heard me say this, uh, then don't say who you, who you know the uh, the guy is. But tell me, tell me if you've heard me talk about this before. You might have. This is the guy's quote: "The repetitions of affirmations leads to belief, and once that belief becomes a deep conviction, things begin to happen." Do you know who said that? And if you do, don't say it. Do you know? You do? Okay. So a lot of the people, they will know. You only read, the only way you know that quote is because you heard me say it. Because that quote was just placed somewhere in brainy quotes. And when I looked at who said it, I was like, wow, 
I never heard him say that, but his affirmation, like I knew what his affirmation was like immediately. And I thought, wow, what's the odds of that? How many people would know that? And, you know, looking back at his life, it was, it was so black and white to me. So I want to give you an example. Let's break the quote down. The, affirm, the, aff, the repetitions of affirmations. Um, I got a WWE Hall of Fame ring on my right hand. When I walked out there to get my ring, I was in front of 22,000 people. It was live on, US, on the USA cable channel. It was live on the WWE Network. I was the first one to be inducted in class of 2017. I hadn't been in front of 22,000 people or a live crowd like that in, at that point, 15 years. Now, the story I could tell myself could have easily been, oh my gosh, what am I thinking? What am I doing here? What if I forget everything I'm going to say? What if I freeze up? What, what, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if it sucks? What if nobody reacts? What if I would have pulled myself down? I call that with emotional gravity. No one can do more damage to you than you. But that wasn't my affirmation. My affirmation was, this is going to be the best thing I've ever done. I am going to blow people away. I'm going to make them laugh. I'm going to make them cry. I'm going to inspire them to believe. And then I'd say it again. And again, it's, just, it's a quiet voice in the back of my brain. While I'm getting ready to walk out there to be in front of this amazing crowd. And I've got four of my daughters with me. I call them the Diamond Daughters. And the youngest, who's 16 at the time, or 15 at the time, is going, but what if I trip when I go out there? I'm like, great, you're going to be fine. Just breathe. Be beautiful. Just throw your shoulders back. You're going to have fun. And I'm listening to Eric Bischoff give me one of the best induction speeches ever. But that voice in my head, as I'm getting ready to walk out there, this is going to be your greatest moment in the game. It's going to be the best thing you've ever done. I'm going to blow people away. Like, that was my voice. It's the only thing I allowed in there. Because I knew when I got out there, I put the work in. I knew when I went out there, I had 27 minutes. They don't give anybody over 15 minutes. When they heard my speech, they were like, dude, don't go over 30. <laughs> well, you know, and I went wonderful. out there, it was the best thing I've ever done. Best thing I've ever done. You know what? Reading in your so wait, books, let me let me let me let, let, let me just let me finish this. So that's an affirmation. Here is the guy who said the repetitions of affirmations leads to belief, and once that belief becomes a deep conviction, things begin to happen. His affirmation was this: "I am the greatest. I am the greatest of all time." I mean, there's so many people who are listening right now. Go, Muhammad Ali. Like, how do you know that? Like, how do you know? Because he said it a billion times. He'd been saying it since he was a little kid. I mean, that's what Positively Unstoppable is all about. It's about helping people 
reboot their brain, giving them one example after another, like, you know, Christina, uh, I bring up Christina Russell or, and telling her story. Someone might relate to that who don't, doesn't relate to Arthur's story, or there might be Stacey Moore's story or Carrie, like other people's stories people relate to. So I give so many different stories. I give a lot of different, my own stories, but through it, I'm constantly weaving that this is how you do it for you. Awesome. And I love that you've accomplished so many great things there because I remember watching you. I was a huge wrestling fan. I remember watching you at WCW, getting involved in all the prime matches. It was just fantastic to watch. And I'll never forget reading Mick Foley's book, his uh, Blood, Sweat, and Tears. And he actually put cookies in your bed. And I remember reading about how you threw the cookies at him. And then next thing you know, he writes the intro to your books. I thought this was really wonderful. And over the course of your career, were there any individuals, any other professional wrestlers that taught you valuable lessons that made you kind of refine your belief system, that taught you how to expand your belief patterns, that made you stronger in what you did and helped you to go even farther than what you normally would have gone? Oh, absolutely. Um, no one more than Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes was really the guy who, I always say without Dusty Rhodes, there is no Diamond Dallas page. He was one of the, he was a very, very cool guy. And he, he was not just a friend of me. He was a, a mentor and a brother. And there were times like I can remember trying to, you know, trying to get the opportunity. Cause I mean, when my career exploded at the end of 96, you know, I've been in the business since 88. So I was an eight year overnight success. <laughs> my wrestling was, you know, was around four and a half, five years at that point, but been in the business since 1988. And, um, in 1994, there was a point where I was super frustrated, like super frustrated. And, I wasn't getting any respect from the people who write the storylines in our business because, you know, professional wrestling isn't like professional boxing or the NFL. You know, ours is, is like ballet meets soap opera meets stunt work meets, you know, really physical ballet. And, um, it's sports entertainment. So it's predetermined. So when they don't decide you can be anything, you don't get the people because you don't ever win. And it's just like, it's like watching, like I'm watching uh, one of the best shows I've ever seen. Uh, this is us. And it's an amazing show. And the writing for every single character is amazing, but there's times where you really dislike Kevin. Cause he's playing the role so well, you know, it's, he's not really that guy. He's playing that role, but it's so convincing that you, he, he's really irritating at times, but he's also super lovable. But in professional wrestling, if you don't get the time, if you don't get the, the spotlight put on you, it's really hard to get the fans behind you. But I figure out how to do that. And I did it by putting the work in. And I wouldn't be denied. And I came up with every storyline that was ever done for me until I got to the macho man, Randy Savage. 
before that, without Dusty in my corner, without Jake teaching me how to, you know, really work in the ring, it was Jake Roberts who really gave me a, he taught me how to tell stories in the ring and I figured out how to do it. He just, he just refined it and helped me make it better. And, um, there was one time I was talking to Dusty and I was like, you know, dream. I know I'm never, you know, I, they, they won't give me the opportunity. You know, I know I'm never going to be you or flair or Hogan. I know I'm never going to be the world champion, but they went, he went, that is enough. And I, and I'd been venting for a while and he had never yelled at me before, but he yelled at me you know, and like kind of set me back. And he said, what did you just say? And I said, now I kind of feel kind of stupid. You know, I'm like, well, dream. I know I'm never going to be the American dream. Dusty road. I know I'm never going to be the nature. Of the I know I'm never going to be Hulk Hogan. He's no D D. What did you say after that? And I said, well, I'm never going to be the world champion dream. And he said, then what the hell are you doing it for? Is that Dallas, if you do not have the belief in yourself that you could be the world champion, yeah, you need to get the hell out of the business right now. And he kept talking, but I don't remember a thing he said after that. Cause that like, it's like he reached through the phone and he slapped me across the face. And again, I don't remember what he said after that, but I know exactly what I did. I was sitting out. Know, this is 1994. There was a, you know, had a, you know, a, a, a pad and paper next to the phone you know, for messages or whatever. And I grabbed it and I wrote on it. I will be the world champion in five years or less. It was four years, four months and 14 days. When I was awarded the heavyweight championship of the world, which is like our Oscar. And I can't remember. It was me, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, and Sting. It was a, we call it a four-way dance. And at the end, when I was awarded the world championship by the Macho Man, who was the guest referee, who two years earlier I had the feud of the year with, and then to walk in the locker room and it's me and Hulk Hogan. And Hulk had said to me four years before this, maybe five, he had come up to me after a match. I mean, I just started wrestling maybe a year or so. And he said, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Because it's not this year, next year, the year after, he said, but somewhere down the line, if you keep putting the work in, if you keep doing what you're doing, you and I have the ability to draw huge money together. That's awesome. It was about four years when 1998 rolled around and he's on the Tonight Show, Hulk's on the Tonight Show with Dennis Rodman. Rodman and the Bulls had just won, I want to say, their sixth championship. And Hogan 
and Rodman were talking to Jay on the couch. And I walked out of the wings with a guy named Carl Malone, who just happens to be the second leading scorer of all time in the NBA. And we threw down the chairs and we shot our angle on the Tonight Show. And it was me and Malone against Rodman and Hogan. What Hogan had said to me four years before had manifested into this dream so much bigger than I could have ever imagined. Like when Hulk said that to me, like I believed him. And it happened. It would be the second biggest pay-per-view in our company's history. Pretty cool. I think that's really awesome. And, you know, you were able to, you had frustrations, you're frustrated for a while, and you still managed to overcome things. So what I'm wondering is some people, they will work very hard, but yet they would be considered to be professional strugglers. Maybe they just work hard because they <laughs> have the, the ego trip of, of making themselves believe that they're working hard. So what is the difference between somebody who's working hard productively towards their goals and somebody who is just professionally struggling for a, a conscious or subconscious ego trip? You know, I, I don't really know the answer to that. Yeah, you know, I'll just be honest. Um, but I do know that there's a lot of self-doubt that everyone goes through and a lot of emotional gravity. That, you know, can, I, you know, there's some people, you know, that exude confidence, but you can tell it's kind of bullshit. <laughs> you know, it's like they don't really believe it. They're just talking it. And I grew, I believe in faking it till you make it, but you got to believe it. You got to believe. And a lot of people who who really are professional strugglers, they aren't putting the work in. They'll put a lot of time into struggling and complaining about it. Like I watch a great example of people on the internet. People who don't have the time to do 20 minutes of a workout, but they can spend the time to write these ridiculous, you know, emails or posts or whatever, like really long. Like when someone sends me one of those emails that's so long, I'm not reading that. You know, I got ADD and dyslexia. I was reading at a third grade level at the age of 30. You know, again, you want to talk about an adversity? You want to talk about something that was super embarrassing, couldn't read, you know, and it came to, people couldn't believe when I would talk about it, you know, but I knew if I didn't throw it out there, I was never going to get any better. And I had to face my fear. I had to face, like, you'll hear me even, like, read out loud at times. I'm practicing I don't give a damn if it doesn't come out exactly. My wife will correct me all the time. And, you know, like, and I'll just reread what she just said. You know, I'll just say, and, you know, and stop, you know, let me correct myself. You know, like, but she's really good at it. You know, but I've become, I've become a better reader every day. You know, at 31, I made the decision I was going to learn how to read. And actually at 30 years old, I made a decision I was going to read. And, you know, I, I set a goal for myself that I was going to read a book from cover to cover. 
And then I tell you how I did that. Because if I just would have said, I'm going to write the book, you know, I'm going to read a book from cover to cover and then just, you know, read, you know, read and read and read. And by the fifth or sixth day, something would have gotten away. And then life would have gotten away. See, life gets in the way of so many people, but that is life. Life gets in the way. How do you get around it? Like, I've got a schedule of things I do, and I don't always hit it. Like, today I was so busy, and I had to shoot so many things because of the announcement with the NFL. I got partnership is huge. I've been working towards that for six years, really actively working towards it in talks with, you know, the NFL for two years. And then it came together exactly when it's supposed to. I'm in Atlanta. The Super Bowl's in Atlanta. The craziest thing ever. Last night, that um, that announcement went out on, on, the, on the wire. And while I'm watching This Is Us, because that's one of the things that is my... Um, my outlet. I love to watch really great acting because I'm an actor and I've never slipped away from my acting career. Uh, I have a show coming out on Netflix this year and I've been waiting for that because as soon as that comes out, that becomes a huge focus for me and becoming a, my goal is to be an A-list actor, which means I can work and live off of what I'm making. That's my goal. I might not get there until I'm 65. I'm six, going to be 63 in April. I might not get there until I'm 66. Danny Trejo became an A-list actor at 67 years old. I mean, that's what I look at. But that announcement for the NFL alumni was huge. This is the God's honest truth. Last night... When that went out, I got a email from my info at ddpyoga.com. My webmaster, Robert, he looks through everything and he sends me the important shit. And he wrote, and, he, and the title was D, you want to read this? I read the guy's, what he wrote to me. In fact, let me see if I can pull it up. Because it's so, it, this is how life works. And the guy wrote me, I recently came across DDP Yoga, and the concept seemed very interesting to me. I've always enjoyed exercise and staying in shape. While I would stay at what, but I'm going to do it again. While I would say that I'm in decent shape and maintain a good workout regimen. The demands of my job for seven months a year make it pretty good, make a pretty good challenge. I've had a bad knee the past 20 years. Four knee scopes, no cartilage or meniscus. So I'm usually pretty smart at what I do. However, I recently heard it again and I've been somewhat limited. I'm intrigued by this DDPY program as it seems to offer good flexibility 
and also still has some strength benefits. It seems like there are so many potential products to choose from on your ddpyoga.com, including DVDs and app, and I'm just not sure what would be the best for me at this stage. I don't think I need the beginner workout, but I'm not exactly sure. Can you provide some possible suggestions? And it's signed, and I can't pronounce his last name yet, but it's Jerry, and I'm going to abort this name, and I'm going to say it's Skrlimpke. Let's say Skrlimpke for right now. Jerry Skrlimpke, assistant quarterback coach, New England Patriots. Wow. What's the odds of that? Now, when I wrote Jerry, because I write back people all the time, but there has to be something, not just like, you know, the Falcons or Patriots or whatever. It's people who have a story that they're really putting the work into. This guy's obviously put the work in. He's a coach for the Patriots. You just don't get to be a coach on the Patriots. You don't even get to be in the program. You don't get to be a personal assistant unless you understand putting the work in. So I just created a, you know, a relationship with the NFL alumni. Take care of all players, coaches, and cheerleaders. Those cheerleaders bang the hell out of their bodies a lot of times. So they're beat up too. So I'm going to deal to take care of all of them. That's part of what our, you know, our program's all about and working with them. So I wrote him back. He was like, I didn't even know about that. That's amazing. And I said, if you're down here, I guess his schedule's going to be insanely packed right up to the Super Bowl. But after that, I'm sure we'll get together, you know, and, you know, and he'll get on my program. But again, I've been putting this in the universe for years really for over a decade and now it's coming to fruition you know so many especially young people they want to be rich and famous it's okay to want to be rich and famous you just can't want it first like there's the work that comes in you know the diligence the accountability and so like a lot of people, they, they don't believe they can do it. And the reality is, because I've seen some of the most successful people ever, and I'm like, wow, this person, they have it. Like, no one works harder than The Rock. Like, I don't, get, you know, like, I don't know how he does what he does. He doesn't sleep. Um, he's the biggest star in the world, and he's one of my guys. You know, he's a professional wrestler along with everything else. Like he does everything. But that guy puts in the work on a hour to hour basis. And anybody who's listening, I tell them, if you're going to get the book, you're going to get Positivity Unstoppable. I'm going to give you so many reasons why you can do it. And I'm going to show you how to do it. I'm going to lay it out for you. But again, if you're not willing to put the work in, if you're stuck in your own emotional gravity and you don't think, you know, you're just, you're not, you're not movable. You know, it's like surround yourself. Look who, you, this is all the stuff I talk about. 
and, you know, in the book, like, who do you live with? Who do you hang out with? Like you become the five people. It was a great chapter. You spend the most time with, you know, it's like, look at your, you know, your surroundings. Like I, there's a lot of people that I love that come with a lot of drama. I don't give them a lot of time. It's like, lose the drama. I'll help you. But if you're going to fight me on it, I don't have time. Because there's too many people who really want to put the work in. Like, I got a lot of big guys. Since Francis Hines' video went out, went wild, you would not believe how many guys that I'm working with right now, and women, but mainly guys because they're so much bigger, that are over 400, 500 pounds. But right now, they're putting the work in. And as long as they do, I'm going to help them. But when they fall off and don't, I don't have time. Come back and you're willing to work. Okay, you've got my attention one more time. But that means you've got to keep going. You, you never fail as long as you just don't stop. Like, don't quit. I love it. Just keep moving. Just keep moving forward. That's what Positively Unstoppable is all about. And I give you one example after another how you could do it. Now, if you're not willing to put the work in, don't do it. Don't get the book. Don't listen to it on audiobook. Don't do any of that. <laughs> don't do what you want to do. You know, I can help the people who really want to own it. And it can be whatever you want it to be. Mr. Diamond Dallas Page, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. You can learn more about Diamond Dallas Page by going to his website at diamonddallaspage.com. Again, the book, Positively Unstoppable, The Art of Owning It. And Dallas, I'm going to put something out to you and to our audience right now because you've inspired me in five years. We're talking about five years from January 2019. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show will be a TV program on the History Channel, Discovery Channel, one of those major platforms because we can do it. And people who work on this program, we are willing to put the work in and we are driven. So Dallas, thank you for inspiring us. Thank you for putting out such a great book and uh, teaching humanity a lot of great positive lessons. I'm going to leave you one last thing. If you want to check into the workouts, go to ddpyoga.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, at RealDDP, at ddpyoga. Instagram, at Diamond Dallas Page, at ddpyoga. Uh, don't listen to a word I have to say about my program. Go to Facebook. Just Google on Facebook, DDP Yoga, and what people have to say about it. There's, a, there's one website, the one, one page that's got like, I don't know, 30,000-some people. Read what they write. Like You can't pay people to do that. And the last thing is, and I forgot to mention, I'm going to go at, right from here, PositivelyUnstoppable.com. We started a challenge, a positively unstoppable challenge, where we're going to pick two people, two finalists from all over North America, Canada, and the United States. We're going to pick two finalists, and we're they're going to be you know they're going to have the best physical transformation and mental, meaning there'll be Q and A, there'll be an essay. Like, it's not just the physical transformation. You want to track everything. It starts right now. It ends May 31st. You can't get in after January 31st. Like, you have to be signed up 
by January 31st, and then it's four months. Over that four-month period, if you start today, you start today, and you get an extra week. Bottom line is we're going to pick two finalists. We're going to fly them to Atlanta to where our accountability crib is, where I filmed the resurrection of Jake the Snake. We're going to fly them in, put them up, and then we're going to bring them over to our DDP Yoga Performance Center, which is less than a mile away. And we're going to give each of them a chance to win $1 million. Wow, that's awesome. So that, that, that's where I'm going to leave you on. You want to see what we're all about? Go to PositivelyUnstoppable.com. Take the challenge. The best deal you're ever going to find if you do that and you get the book, you'll find the, the, the best deal you'll ever find on our DVDs and the app. So it's all there. Ryan, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Have an awesome day. And everybody who's listening, stay positively unstoppable because you really can own it. All you got to do is put the work in. See you, brother. Take care, bro. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, everyone. That concludes today's edition of the... You know what? You're not going to believe this, but I'm actually with Deepak Chopra's brother, Bob. Hey, Bob, why don't you close out the show today? Change it up. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Tooth Radio Show. Special thanks to a very, very good guest, Mr. Diamond Dallas Page. And special thanks, as always, to the Outer Limits of Inner Tooth Radio Show Virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Lita Gaza, and Miss Cotton Dallas. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth, please go to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. Until the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Thank you, Karen. Thank you so much for listening. Great job. See you guys back here next week. <laughs>